few things about what we take for granted, but we don't necessarily understand. You go to most shuls, a kahil is composed of people who are pretty much like everybody else. Chassidim, they daven with chassidim. Yeshiva light, they daven with yeshiva guys. But look around the room, look at it, look at all of us. All connected and all about as different as we can go. From one end of the spectrum to the other. Young and old and Hasidish and Haimish and Litvish and even Nebuch Yeshivish. <laughs> so, what is it that does the magic that pulls it all together? Now, all of us know that this is a Malava Malka, not only for the Shul, but it's also to give Chizik for all of the things that Rebek, who is our Moira Dastra, does for us all year. His special touch, his ability to be there for us, to paskin our Shilas for us, is what brings us all together and makes us all connected as one Kehillah. Now there's a book, some people call it a Sefer, Rabbi Mansur may even know a little bit about it. It's called Hamadrich. And Hamadrich is basically a how-to manual. Most of us never saw it. You speak to most pulpit rabbis, they'll all say to you, yeah, sure, I use it every day. This I use for a, never for a funeral, this I use for a bris. But it's basically a how-to manual. Our how-to manual is Rabbi Beck. He's able to tell us what we need to hear. He's able to tell us what we don't necessarily agree with, but he tells us like it is. My wife, Olea Shalom, would never make any kind of a decision without saying first, what would Rav Beck say? And this is the kind of person that he is and that he will continue to be in our lives. Now, what is the connection between someone like Rav Beck and someone like Rabbi Mansour? <laughs> After one day, everybody scratches their head over you and says, what's he doing here? Yeah, How does it got to be here? What's, what's this all about? So I have to use the metaphor Oh, well, they both have Hadras Ponim, and they're both very, 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 very good-looking. And they all are amazing Talmidei Chachomim. And there is something that makes us really proud to have someone of Rabbi Mansour's stature join us, because they are so like in so many ways. But what does the Kesher be a little bit, a couple of layers down? So I want to use the metaphor of a bus driver. When you think about a bus driver and you're getting on a bus, you know a few things. You know that the bus driver, hopefully, knows how to drive the bus. He knows where he's going. He knows all the things that's necessary to get you there. And you feel a sense of confidence, a sense of comfort that the bus driver that you're going to use and the bus that you're gonna go on is gonna get you to where you're supposed to go. The Danes in Denmark use a word it's called hajj. It means comfort. We should have to have a level of comfort of menuchas hanefesh that shows that the place that we chose to be our kehila is the place that makes the most sense. Both for us on the bus that we go to, Rabbi Mansour's passengers on the bus that he drives, and for all of us, I wish us a very good vach and introducing Rabbi Ali Mansur. Thank you. Beautiful introduction. 
Shabuah Tov, Hazak Baruch, for that warm introduction. And the Rishut, the Marada Atra, Rabbi Beck. This is uh, no surprise that I'm here at the Malava Malka. Uh, I think I've been doing this for uh, clearly, whatever your opinion on Hazaka is, I have passed the threshold of Hazaka. According to all opinions, I think I passed it a long time ago. But it is again a distinct privilege to be here in the presence of the Rav, in the presence of the Kahal. And um, I'd like to direct my comments to a specific specific point that I think the Kehillah <coughs> might need to recognize. And I think it does based on the introduction. I don't think I'm saying a Hidush uh, here, and I'm sure you figured it out. I've been coming to the Malaba Malka for a long time. It seems that the Malaba Malka is getting less populated. And I don't think it's because people stop liking bagels. Uh, I think it's just because the Mitziut, that uh, people are, you know, moving on, not necessarily moving up. If you leave this synagogue, I don't think you're moving up necessarily, but they're moving on, let's say. And uh, therefore, we must talk about the importance of those that are here and those that are not here, the importance of what a, uh, what a Rav is in our time. I didn't come to say any Hasidic Torah tonight like I did last year with the... Me'ir hachamim and all the, all the tzaddikim. I said, came to say something that is just some practical, practical ideas. In the Perashah, we read about the blessings of Yaakov Abinu to his sons. And he tells his fourth son, Yehuda, Lo yasur shevet mihuda, umchokek mi ben naglab. And he basically tells them, Lo yasur shevet mihuda. When it comes to the tribe of leadership, of Shevet, leadership exclusively belongs to Yehuda. Now there's a mahlokin amongst the Rishonim how to learn this pasuk. Is it a warning? Is it a prophecy? That Ramban understands that actually not only is Yaakov Aminu talking to Yehuda, but he's in the presence of the other Shevatim and he's telling them, listen what I'm telling you, Lo Yasur. If you're interested in appointing a king, there's only one option. It has to come from Yehuda. Yehuda, you hear me? And everybody else has to hear me as well. And be careful, because if you're going to choose a king that's not from Yehuda, you're going to be in trouble. That's the way Ramban understands it. But other Rishonim saw that no, Yaakov Abinu wasn't saying it in such a tone. He was giving a prophecy. Uh, Yaakov Abinu was a Navi, one of the greatest ones. And he's saying, listen, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Lo Yasud, it's just the way it's going to be. There's never going to be a king that's not going to come from Yehuda. I don't know, I'm a simple guy. I open up the Tanakh and I don't see this prophecy coming true at all. Starting from the first Jewish king, who is Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu has a deen of a melech. And uh, as far as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu was clearly not from Shevet Yehuda. 
So the first one that's in contempt of this lo yasur is Moshe Rabbeinu. So how do you square that off? What happened to the prophecy? What happened to the prohibition? And it doesn't get any better as you go through the history because after Moshe Rabbeinu was done, he puts his hand on his student Yoshua, who clearly is from Shevet Ephraim, which is Shevet Yosef. Again, we're over two. Now already we have the second king, which is just the continuation of Moshe. That's done by the Semicha, it's a continuation. And the Yoshua also is not from Yehuda. So nobody's concerned about this Pasuk over here. Nobody has any problems. And then after Yoshua Benun is over, we go to the years of the Shofetim. And I guess the Shofet also has a deen of a melech or a leader. And uh, I don't know, I don't have a list in front of me. But uh, not all of them are from Shevet Yehuda. Uh, and nobody had a problem. And then after you finish with the Shofetim, so then we pick Shemuel Navi, And we all know that Shemuel Navi was from Shevet Levi. He was a Levi. Remember Korah? Korah saw that Shemuel's going to come from him. Now Korah was a Levi. So Shemuel was a Levi. So again, we have no... And then in Shemuel's time, they come and say, enough is enough. We want an official king. Which seems there shouldn't be a problem with that because the Torah allows you to have a king. And you would assume that Shemuel knows the rule. Lo yasur shevet. And therefore, once you're asking the prophet, who's shakul ke Moshe Aharon, so you figure, okay, now you're asking for an official king. Now at least we'll start now, better late than never, as they say. And let's go find somebody from Yehuda. And where does he go? To Shaul. Shevet bin Yamin. So, so far we're, I don't know how many thousand years into history, and we see no, uh, no semblance or no zikaron to Shevet Yehuda and Malchut. And Yaakov Abinu saying, Lo Yasur, Lo Yasur, Lo Yasur. And all we see is Ken Yasur, Ken Yasur. And I'm sorry to tell you, it doesn't get better. Because when you go to the second Beta Mikdash, and then we just finished Hanukkah, and you have the Hashbunaim, and they're clearly Kohanim, Matityahu and his sons. And after it was all over, they assumed kingship. Okay, we know what the Ramban says. Ramban says that uh, that was a problem, but not everybody learns like that. And therefore, I mean, Hashmonim with Sadiqim, Matityahu, these are B'nai Torah to the highest level. They must have known, though Yasul Shevet Mihuda. I mean, everybody knows that. And now it's even worse because now already we started Yehuda. David was a king already, Shalomo was a king. So now what are you going to say? Already we're in motion. And uh, Hashbunim have no problem. It will be the, and even before Hashbunim, I, I hate to give you the whole Jewish history. I know you didn't come to your Jewish history, but I'm just trying to make the question as strong as I can. Ezra Sofer, beginning of the second Beit HaMikdash, he's a Kohen. He's not from Shevet Yehuda. So when you start making the list, you'll find in our history that there's many, many Leaders, kings, shoftim, prophets that, that ranked like Israel that were not from Yehuda. And they must have known Lo Yasur, 
So how do we square it off? That's my question for tonight. I'll give an answer. I'll say Shavuot Tov and I'll be on my way. It's very simple. It's not complicated at all, this Dirash. But it's important because it has ramifications. And the answer is not my answer. It's based on an answer that I saw in the Sefer called Ben Melech from Leib Minsberg that says this, uh, this answer. He says, listen, there's a pasuk that says, Amzu Yatsanti Li. We know that Borei Olam created the whole world. And all the nations are the product of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But Amzu, this nation, us, B'nai Yisrael, God says, Yatsarti. They are a Yitzira. That means I formed them, I developed them. It's almost like a, a, a craftsman that's in the factory. That's me Yatsirit B'mo Yadav. B'nai Yisrael are considered ba'asei yadav lehitpa'er. Amzu yatsantili. It's a yitzira of a kadosh baruch hu b'chmodo'u batzmo. All the other nations, I'm going to use the word, are synthetic. You know, they're made in China, kiv yachol. But when it comes to b'nei Yisrael, God says, no, no, no. This nation, I was metapel with them direct. Amzu yatsantili. I created them, it's a, what we would say, a custom-made suit. It's, a, it's tailor-made by a kadosh baruch hu. And how does he make it? So he wants to make it in the miraculous way to show that B'nai Yisrael are different. So the Yitzira of B'nai Yisrael will be B'nisim b'niflaot l'mala mederech ha-teva. That's why Sarah Imenu is 90 years old, she can't have children. And in those days, when you reach 90, it was past fertility. As opposed to in the times maybe of Yochebed, where maybe it was quite normal. But in Sarah's time, nobody was giving birth at 90. And we always hear the reason, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu make the Imahot HaKadot It's true. But there's another reason. Because to create Klal Yisrael, it has to be Davka It has to be in their DNA. It cannot be a nation that just follows gravity and follows all the rules of science, and follows all the rules of normalcy. Kleisel has to happen in its inception, that the way we emerge into the world has to be, wow, Hadush, this Gadolei Yasham, where everybody's coming along to say, Haleben Me'ah, Halebat Tish'im, is it possible? Uh, you're right. For, uh, for another nation, it's impossible. But for Bnei Yisrael, I'm Zu Yatsantili, I'm creating them in such a way. So we go to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is the factory. That's where already Borei Olam is putting us in the kur, in the kiln, as they call it, the, the oven, the kura barzel. Let me first explain why, why is Mitzrayim called kura barzel. There's, there's many kurs. There's kura zahav, there's kura kesev. It's because B'nai Israel are the children of the four imahot, and barzel is rashet tevot. Bilha, rachel, zilpa, rachel. So therefore, Kura Barzel, all the Shabbatim that came from the Imahot were in Mitzrayim, and there Borei Olam is like a craftsman, and the Kur is producing us, and it's only through miracles. Ten Makot, fifty Makot Alayam. So says the Ben Melech, a big Hadush. Yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu is the first king, but he's really not the king in that sense. 
He's a shaliyah of a kadosh baruch hu. Because until the nation is created, Hashem is the king. But you need a, you need a, you know, somebody there to, 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 in front. Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why he has to carry the mateh to show everybody that I'm not, I'm not anybody. It's all Borei Olam. He's doing it. Uh, or they put me in the front. They're calling me a melech, but I'm not a melech. Hakadosh Baruch Hu's running the show. And until this nation is going to be completely developed, Hashem is the king. Yeshua comes. We're in the Midbar for 40 years. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Only Hashem could do this. Nobody else could do this. And Borei Olam is creating the nation that is Lemala Minateva. And then all of a sudden, Yeshua comes. And Yeshua is Yado Arichta Shil HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every Monday and Thursday, another miracle. He comes there, he's just saying, the splitting of the Jordan. That's like Kiryat Yamsuf. And then you have Yericho, with the wall. And then you have Shemesh Begivon Dom. And then you have Avne El Gabish. I mean, I'm not going to review the whole book of Yoshua. Ayin Sham. It's all miracles. How they ousted 31 monarchs from Neskadon. The development is continuing. And then you have the Shofetim, and it still continues the same way. And if you look at most of the Shofetim, it says, uh, by Shimshon, it calls him, uh, Ruach Hashem was on him. By Yiftah, it says, Ruach Hashem was on him. By Yiftah Gil'adi, Ruach Hashem was on him. By Otniel ben Kenaz, Ruach Hashem was on him. All these people were still considered in the development stages. And therefore... I'm running the show. You're, not, you're nothing. You're there in front, but I'm, I'm doing everything. And then Shemuel comes. And even in Shemuel's time, there's still miracles taking place. There's still wars being fought. Amalek is still there. We're not done yet. We're almost there. So therefore, according to the Ben Melech, he says a tremendous hadush. We have no problem of appointing other kings as long as we're not a nation. When does it say that Yehuda, lo yasur, lo yasur shevet mi Yehuda, when we have an Am. When the Am is finally born and developed and reaches maturity and has stability, now you have an Am. In Melech, below Am. But if you don't have an Am, so then there's nothing to talk about. So all these other leaders do not have to come from Shemit Yehuda Biklal. Because Borei Olam is running the show until this point. And when Borei Olam finally says, the nation is born, I will now work from behind. Now you need Shemit Yehuda to enter. And this explains a big question because you read the Rambam. The Rambam says, we have a mitzvah to appoint a king. When do you have a mitzvah to appoint a king? After you go to war, and after you go and conquer Israel, and after you make Yerusha, and after you settle down, appoint the king, which is mamash the hefech, what we would think. The king is going to be appointed after the war. I don't need you. You're too late. Where we needed you? You come after the fact. I mean, in a regular society, you appoint the leader, he takes you to war, he settles the land. And by Klai, says exactly the opposite. And the pshar is, because until that moment, Hashem is the king. And whoever is leading in a human fashion, he's just a representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. <coughs> I, once you finished all the business, and B'nai Yisrael now is considered 
settled and at peace and has menucha. That's it. Now the nation is born. Now Bore Alam says, very good. I got you. I got you to this point. Everybody knows that you're supernatural. Everybody knows your, your creation of a people is Lemalam and Ateva. Now go find somebody from Yehuda and start the process. This explains to me another question. He doesn't mention it, but it's a good answer a question I always had. You remember when Shemuel and Abi was the leader, and the people come to Shemuel and say, uh, We want to change. We, we need a king. And Shemuel gets offended. And what does God tell him? God says to Shemuel, don't get offended. They're not despising you. They're despising me. They're not upset with you. They're upset with me. Why are they upset with God? They have no claims. These are God-fearing people. Why is Bore Olam saying, if anybody should be offended over here, it's not you, Shemuel. oti. They despised me. What's the pshat? Explanation is, don't they know that till now I've been the king? And by them saying they don't want you, what they're really saying is, they don't want me. Because I've been the king since Sarah Ibenu. Since or I haven't left them. And now all of a sudden, they're willing to change you? That means they had enough with me. So what is Shemuel going to do now? Shemuel knows from God that the nation is not ready for a, for, 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 for a king yet from Yehuda. So he needs to choose a placeholder. Somebody that will stand in position until that time comes. So Shaul HaMelech comes. But Shaul was only a temporary king. Like we read in this speech, Pirashah. Binyamin Ze'ev Yitraf. That's Binyamin and Shaul. Ze'ev, he's like a wolf. Yitraf, he grabs something. The Malchut of Shaul is Binyamin Ze'ev Yitraf. He grabbed it. It wasn't his. His name's Shaul. It's borrowed. His kingdom was borrowed. Because we need to stall time. Until Borei Olam says... It's time for Yehuda. But once Shaul is finished, he finishes with Amalek almost. Now Borei Olam says, okay, we're ready to start the nation. Now I can stand behind. Now we're going to start Yaakov's words, Lo Yasur. And that starts with David. And then Shalomo is the highest level. And then it goes on. But now what happens? Comes by Yitzhini, what happens in Bayachini? Klai Israel deteriorated. I mean, you remember Ezra Sofit has to get up and say, I mean, I'm embarrassed. We have to make this announcement. He says, Rabbi Isai, there's so many of you that have assimilated. Now, he didn't say Rabbi Isai, but it's Faradi, Ezra Sofit. It's nothing to talk about. I'm just talking your language. Don't think for a minute that Ezra Sofit was Ashkenazi. It was definitely as a Faradi proof. Anyway, anyway, so Ezra Sofit gets up. He was from Babel. And he's going to see from Babel. Anyway, he gets up. And he says, uh, listen, the Botai assimilation is rampant. Everybody, I'm giving you three days. Three days to get rid of your, you know, your spouses and all this business. So that means Kleisen reached terrible levels. And that's why there was no nation anymore. The nation fell apart. Nation falls apart. Lo Yasur Shevet is on hold again. Now we go back to Borei Olam has to intercede to rebuild the nation. And therefore, Ezra Sofer will come in, Hashmonaim will come in, because 
the Ran writes in his Dirashot, the Ran has famous 11 Dirashot. Talk about Sefer Madrich. Anybody wants to know how to make Dirashot, open up the 11 Dirashot of the Ran, and over there you'll see some of the most brilliant Hadushim. Not too many of them, but if you make a good speech, you don't have to make too many of them. You just have to make a quality, and those, those speeches last for the ages. So in the seventh Dirashat of the Ran, he writes, the Hashmonaim didn't have autonomy. They were working for the, that the answer to the Greeks. But they said were in Galut at the time. At the point, you can't put Yudah. Yudah has to be the king. Hashmonaim, they were in charge, but they had to answer. So basically, that's his, that's his theory. What does it have to do with us? It comes out, and this is my conclusions of, of, of this theory. So basically you have either you could be a most of the times when there was not Shevet Yehuda, you had Kohanim or Shevet Levi taking control. Which is interesting to point out. I once heard from uh, the Imunot Itecha, Rabbi Wolfson, may live and be well. He once, he, he, he gave a shiur and I heard it where he lists from, I don't know how far back he went. If you look at most of the leaders of Klai Yisrael, Gedolei Yisrael, Sadiqim, they were Kohanim or Levim. They came from Shevet Levi. And he basically, because the Pasuk says, Yoru Mishpatecha la Yaakov, Beturatecha la Yisrael, they are the Shevet of Hora'ah. So therefore, in Klai Yisrael, if you're not coming from Shevet Yehuda, you either are going to be a Kohen or Levi from that Shevet, or you're going to be a prophet or a tamid hakam. Those are the three leaders that can replace Yehuda. Moshe Rabbeinu actually had all three. He was from Shevet Levi. He was a Navi, the greatest Navi. And he was tamid hakam. So that's the best replacement. Yehoshua was two for three. He was a Navi. He was a tamid hakam, but he wasn't from Shevet. Ezra Sofer was a Kohen. He wasn't a Navi. But it was a Tamir Akam. So he also was two for three. Hashmonaim were also two for three. Levim, Kohanim, Tamid Achamim, but not Levim. The only other one that went three for three is Shemuel and Navi. He was a Levi, he was a Navi, and Tamid Akam. And that's why we say, Moshe ve'aron be'kohanav u'shmuel be'kor eshemo, because they had the same level of 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 level of worthiness to be the leader. They had all three boxes checked. They had the Kiuna, the Biyat Shevet, they had the Nibu'ah, and they had the Tamin Hakam. Very nice. What does it got to do with us? My question really is who's in charge now? I mean we're part of Jewish history, aren't we? Every generation had leaders. Every generation had a melech or a kohen or somebody that was in charge. Who's in charge today? It's a good question. You're a kohen, Rabbi? Man malchid abanan. Very good. But I'll bring another ayah. The rabbi saying today the kings are the rabbis. I won't contest it. I'm not going to argue with you. Gemara Megillah daf yud alef. Ayin sham. The Gemara quotes a pasuk. 
ולא געלתים לכלותם, להפר בריתי איתם. את הפסוק סס ואפקם זאת, and even so the Jewish people are going to be in גלות. God says, לא מאסתים, I will not abandon them. And the Gebrah says, I will not abandon them. בימי כסתיים, in the times of the כסתיים, God says, there'll be leaders, maybe not kings, but you'll have דניאל, מישאל, חנניה, עזריה. לא מאסתים ולא געלתים, לא געלתים בימי פרסיים. בוני עולם שלי, might not have a king, but I'll give you מרדכי the tzaddik. He'll take care of you in that generation. And then the Kapasuk comes and says, לכלותם, לכלותם is going to be in the times of the Greeks. You'll have the Hashmonaim, they'll take care of you. להפר בריתי in the times of the Romans. Now here's the language of the Gemara. בזמן הרומאים, you'll have בית רבי. You'll have the house of רבי, והחכמים הבאים אחריהם. That's the key words. Which means, in the times of the Romans, which were still there, we never got out of the Roman uh, Galut. It's a long Galut. So the Roman Galut, we're not going to have kings. So who's going to run the show? Betrabi. Okay, we don't have Betrabi. The Gemara is telling us that in the final generations, before the restoration of Malchut Bet David, today we must take counsel from Hachmei Yisrael. I know committees don't like to hear that. At least by us. The committee thinks they're in charge. What does that mean? We write the, we write the rabbi's salary. We vote. We tell everybody what to do. And now the rabbi's getting up and saying, he's in charge. Come to me with all the questions, directions. What are you talking about? We'll fire you tomorrow. Well, they don't know the Gemara. And the Gemara is saying that the Hachamim, whether it's Gedolei Yisrael, which is on a you know, national level, or whether it's the Marad Atra, every Marad Atra of every congregation has a deen, in my opinion, of Bet Rabbi. And therefore, Borei Olam makes Shidduchim, not only between husband and wife, between a Rav and a Skehilah. This is something that is divinely orchestrated. Who your Rav is going to be, and what shul you're going to pray in, this is a tremendous Hashkaha Penatit. Borei Olam connects you to the certain Tzaddik that needs to connect to your Neshama, based on a million and one calculations that Shargit Gulim maybe one day can explain to us. But in the interim, for the members of the Kal, which I'm not saying you don't do this, Adrabah, from the introduction, I see that you are very well aware and you do follow this. But I'm just concerned that that even though those that move on, but you never leave the Rav, a rabbi is your rabbi, whether you're living in Brooklyn, whether you're living in Tom's River, whether you're living in uh, overseas. The rabbi is the rabbi. It's not talui in whether you pray or whether you don't pray. That's the bal etzah. That's where the direction must come. That's bet And I cannot overemphasize the importance of keeping a connection. I'm sorry to tell you, by us, it's getting better. But I always remind the kahal, do you ask questions to the Rav? Of course we ask questions. Yeah, what's the questions you ask? What time is Minha? <laughs> That's not a question. You can, you can Google that. You don't need me for that. It's on the website, what time is Minha? Or you come with a product. Do we, do, do we follow this Kashra symbol? Do me a favor. That's why I went to school for 40 years to answer this. Go Google it. Go call a Mashkiah. Which means you're, you're asking simple questions. Did anybody ask the Rav, which meat should I eat? Which butcher should I shop at? 
Did you ask me what yeshiva should I send my children to? Did you ask me questions at Sini? Oh, did you ask me questions? I knew, meaning major league questions. No, those questions, uh, we, we figure it out. You know, we figure it out. Whatever you've been doing till now, we wing it, we look what everybody else is doing. And that's a mistake. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to my kahal. This is what I tell my kahal. Say, I'm not looking for more work. But you've got to ask the rub the questions. And at least if you ask a rub a question, doesn't mean we know the answer. We can direct it to Gedolei Israel. Recently somebody came to me, a member of the congregation. They had not fertility issues, but the doctor said... They're definitely very fertile, but one of four chances, 25% the child will be, God forbid, Balmum, autistic or something else. So they're coming to me and saying, well, what do we do? We could do in vitro where they could pick the right eggs so they'll know exactly which are the healthy ones, so therefore it'll be 100%. Or should we just rely on God, 25%? What are you supposed to do? I said, I'm glad that you came to me, but this is too hard of a question now. I can tell you what taught me Prayman Ha, but I can't answer this one. <laughs> but you told us to come to you. I, mean, I told you to come to you with questions I can answer. But I, at least I was able to direct them to Gedolei Yisrael. <clears throat> and Gedolei Yisrael came back and they said, oh, 25%. And they wrote a whole long Teshuvah explaining what are the right odds, what are not the right odds, what they should do. The point is, it was a good chinuch that for such a question, we're not going to rely on a doctor. <clears throat> we're not going to rely on statistics. And we're not going to rely on a science book. We have to rely on the hadrachah that we have from the Torah. And today, the administrators of the Torah and its direction are Hachmei Yisrael. Bet Rabbi v'hachamim habaim aharav. We're on Motzei Shabbat. Motzei Shabbat, of course, is Saudat David HaMelech, which is a great time to make a tefillah. That Be'ezat Hashem, like the Pasuk said, Ad ki Shiloh. Shiloh will be restored when the nation is going to be restored. And then when Am Yisrael will be, Yosheb Al-Tila will be back and established on its proper foundations. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring back the Malchut, as it says, Etzemach David Abdecha Merat The kingdom of David, which is Mashiach, which is Shiloh, will sprout. V'kanot Arum, and his crown will be elevated. V'kanot Arum Mishu'atecha. And this is something that we yearn for the day long. And the Beracha we say is It is our prayer that will make the great revelation of Mashiach bin David in Zechut that we come and commit ourselves in the interim. In the interim, what the rabbi is doing is no different than what Moshe had been doing his time and what Yeshua did in his time and what Shemuel did in their time. All of them were not from Malchut bin David, but they all served a purpose in order, as God is running his nation, always know that when we're not a nation, the Morelam is handling everything. And that's why we're under the auspices of God. If there's no king, that means Hashem is the king. And then we're allowed, when God is the king, he lets others come and help. I pray for the day that Morelam will make his revelation and then the Rabbanim, like us, will be able to step aside, and then already we'll make way for Mashiach Tzitkin, Ushiyavu, B'merah, B'yamenu, Amen. You still need something to remember. That's true. You still need us. Go ahead, go ahead.